Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. And welcome to Miracle Internet Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Welcome to everyone. We are a Christian, non-denominational, Protestant Internet Church founded in the love of God. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and good evening to you all. And Happy New Year to some of you, and a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We invite you to join us in our chat room, and our chat room is located on our webpage. Our webpage is MiracleInternetChurch.com, MiracleInternetChurch.com. If you're on a uh, computer or a laptop, or a tablet, or that kind of a device, when you pull the page up, when the page comes up in your browser, across the banner you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Please do click that link, Page Changes, click Guest. When the page changes again, sign in using one of the names that are on your birth certificate and your greeting to the saints. Amen. And the saints will respond to you in love. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. If you are on a cell phone, you may use uh, an abbreviation of, of that information. Use your browser to find MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click the three white lines. It will open all the other links up to you, and then you may follow the same directions that you just heard. Welcome to everyone in Jesus' name, and God bless you all. I am happy to report that yesterday, in spite of the storm, I went to uh, my appointment with my doctor, and I got to see a picture of my optic nerve. And it looked pretty good to me. As far as I could tell, it looked pretty good. I couldn't see anything that I thought was horrible or terrible or bad or ugly even. And if you've never seen a picture of your optic nerve, well, maybe that's something you ought to consider doing. If your doctor thinks there's, thinks there's a need for that, well, go right ahead. If your insurance will agree with you, but I got to see mine yesterday for the very first time in history, and I was amazed. I didn't see anything that looked really ugly. I thought it was going to look a little bit more like um, um, guts or something. You know, I used to we used to be in the lab and we used to cut animals open, so we know what the insides look like. And I thought maybe it looked a little bit more like that, but it didn't. It didn't at all. So there you have it. That's the good news for you from yesterday. Also, there were some places that experienced tornado damage 
But we were not one of them, praise the Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus. And I made it to my appointment and back home safely. And I got home uh, shortly after the downpour began. And uh, all was well. I made it home safely. And the Lord took care of me and everyone else. Amen? So thank you to our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Now, I've been thinking about um, about yesterday. I've been thinking about it. And I thought that I would just, I knew that there were going to be people that were going to cancel because of the storm and uh, reschedule their appointment, but I decided I was not going to do that. I thought about it, and I said, no. So what I did was I called and I told them that I was not going to reschedule. I was coming in for my appointment because I was not afraid of a storm. And the Holy Spirit had not indicated to me to stay home or to change it. Now think, the average person, even the average Christian, would have rescheduled. Oh, they say it's going to be like a tornado. And it was. It was like a tornado. But I decided that God could take care of me, and he had given me no indication that he wanted me to stay home, so I went forward. You see, there's a difference in going forward in foolishness and going forward in faith. There is a difference. There's a difference in making unwise decisions and obeying Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5. Through seven. Yes, you can go out and be unwise. Or you can do Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, and get clearance from the Holy Spirit and then go. Or no clearance and stay where you are. I wanted to bring that up to remind us how we're supposed to walk with our God. The Bible says that if we're saved, we're supposed to be following the Holy Spirit. And if he's not leading someplace, where are we going? If he's not leading, where are you going? You know, some of us are still, after as many teachings as we have had, some of us are still too self-willed. The Lord. We don't ask him at every turn and every occasion. You see, failure to do so can cost you your life, you and someone else. It's important. And this just happened to be a good example of, of that. It's important to check in with Jesus. It's important to ask the Holy Spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? So it's very, very important. We didn't have anyone here locally that lost their lives. Why? Because most of the people did just what those that were in authority told them to do. Stay out of harm's way. Amen? 
So I'm saying all of this to say this to you. Keep following the Holy Spirit. If you're not doing that, make a change in your life. It may make the difference in how long you stay on this planet. Amen? God always knows what's ahead. We usually don't. We usually guess. But that's not a safe way to live. Amen? Not when you have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not when you have access to the mind of Christ. Amen? So with every step, we seek the Lord. And we wait for his answers. That's right. We wait patiently for his answers. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I know some of you are doing that, but let's be a little bit more consistent. All right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, by the way, optic nerves are not glamorous. They're just what they are, optic nerves, and that's about it. So don't think you missed anything because you haven't seen yours. I didn't know that I would ever see mine, but it was fun, and I enjoyed it. Amen? Amen. So tonight, tonight we're going to pray. We're going to pray. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. By the way, By the way, did you know that John Bunyan and John Wesley, old-time Christians, long time ago, both of those persons had this idea in their mind that they could not be forgiven of sin. They just had that wrong teaching or that misunderstanding of Scripture somewhere in their mind. And... Once they received the truth, the truth of the gospel, it changed their entire life. Now, I know that there are some of you who may know someone that thinks they've lived too bad a life for God to forgive them, and they've done too much sin. You know that line. Well, pray for them to come into the knowledge of the truth. Because God has given to every man the measure of faith to believe him. And Jesus did not go to the cross in vain. Amen? So, if you happen to run across one of these people that believe they've done too much sin, then tell them they're wrong. (laughs) Because that's the truth. And tell them how you got saved. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is our personal advocate when we sin. He is the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful, gracious Savior he is. 
We confess all our sins to you now, Father, and we receive your forgiveness as you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is they've been calling us a cult from the beginning. But the Bible does say thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. (laughs) Amen. So, through your grace, Lord, You have granted repentance to our hearts and have turned, and we have turned, and we are still turning from our sins. Now we are determined to follow you, Lord, and your ways at all times. Thank you for your word, Father. With your help, we will take heed to your word because we know this will keep us from sin. Yes. Amen. With our whole heart, we will seek you. Please don't let us wander from your commandments. We will diligently hide your word in our heart so that we will not sin against you. Oh, how we praise you, Lord for the realization and the truth that guilt no longer has any right to have dominion in our lives. We will trust in your mercy forevermore. Amen. You have set us free from guilt and condemnation because you love us. The sacrifice of Jesus For our sins has completely cleansed us, and now it is as if we had never sinned. Thank you for imputing your righteousness to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, who knew no sin, but willingly became sin for us so that we could become righteous in you. Unto you, Lord, do we lift up our soul, for you are good and you are always ready to forgive your children. You are plenteous in mercy unto all who call upon you. Thank you for forgiving us of our iniquities and for remembering them no more. Lord, you have removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west, and you have buried all our sins in the depths of the deepest sea. Help us to be like you by never remembering our sins anymore. By faith, Lord, we declare that we are forgiven and we are restored. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Forever grateful. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <sighs> Where would I be without the Lord? Yes, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and bless his holy name. 
Where would I be without the Lord? Ooh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> Where would I be without the Lord? Well, I wouldn't be here talking to you tonight, that's for sure. But, boy, I'm glad I am. Amen. So, Father, we have been blessed. Blessed beyond words. In fact, we don't have words to completely describe your wonderful gift of Jesus Christ to us. If we never receive another gift in this life from anyone, we have the gift that we need. We have the gift that we need, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and all that our relationship to him encompasses. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, the saints used to sing, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank you all the days of my life. Amen. See, we don't have a reason to have a pity party. Why? Because we have Jesus. We have Jesus. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what they said. We have Jesus. It doesn't matter what they think or what they want or what they don't want. We have Jesus. Amen? We have Jesus. As there's a song that says, he is mine and I am his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you also for the armor of God, for every part. Thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It has set us free. Yes. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. You made us the head and not the tail, and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Amen. Amen. You are our shepherd, and we shall not want. You have supplied all our need according to your riches and glory. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We cast all of our cares upon you. Why? Because you truly do care for us. So, Lord, we want to thank you that by your stripes we have been healed. We have prosperity. We have health. We have healing. We have miracles. We have love. We have eternal salvation. For the word of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. Amen. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We'll pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places in Jesus' holy name. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks unto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, electronic digital technology demons and their attacks, leviathan spirits and their attacks, brainwashing kundalini spirits and their attacks, all water and marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils, sorcery devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, all seducing, womanizing drone spirits, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, the seducer, and their attacks, all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism and mind control by the occult. Force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're binding, Lord, all the voices of the strange and all hypnotic and trance devils and their attack, mystic rituals, and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We take authority, dominion, and power over 5G and all of its components. We bind it in Jesus' name. And all weaponry and attack being sent against human beings from what we refer to as outer space, from any planet, from any orbit, from any station or satellite placed on a planet, from any satellite system or global positioning system, through any cell tower, through any electronic uh, or technological device, Thank you, Lord. Through our electronic devices in our home and our technological devices in our homes and in our vehicles. 
Thank you, Lord. We bind force feedback and all of those demons, which are vibrations that are demons. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American. Along the coast of Africa. We bind Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, all cults. All coven. All lodges. Covens of witches, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, diviners, pagans, liars. Covens of organizations, carnal organizations, worldly organizations that the enemy is using against the kingdom of God. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over cults and covens of globalists. And we bind you and your agendas and your maneuvers and your plans and your techniques. We bind communism in Jesus' name. We bind Marxism in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind mind control in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind mass hypnotism of the people in the name of Jesus Christ. Return to sender in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over every grouping under the category of Illuminati. And we bind you and your practices and your outcome in the name of Jesus Christ. We send you all into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for immediate judgment. We want to thank you, Lord. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all more Jellin's attacks. And we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal form. Shape shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind all the demons responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect, all satanic ritual abuse, devil, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind 
all spiders and their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents, and we bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop. Mm-hmm. Defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, bewitch, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind false flags. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool. In Jesus' name, we bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. And we bind food lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender according to the covenant, all and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowback, all vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare. In Jesus' name, this includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind, binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights. Returning to sender our witchcraft attacks through channeling the satellites against the website and app. Binding all abortions that are magic rituals, binding all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, jujus, hexes, vexes, and such, return to sender in Jesus' name. Binding all tribal witchcraft sent against us, return to sender in Jesus' name. Binding all Chaldean witchcraft in the name of Jesus, return to sender in Jesus' name. Binding all Spanish witchcraft, return to sender in Jesus' name. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food, drink, and drink which are displeasing to Jesus Christ. Binding superficial religious acts and every act of sexual sin. Binding magic for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells. Binding the demons of energy. Boomeranging their wicked works upon them. Binding all magical language, magic signs. Magic patterns, even in numbering, binding, synchrony, binding, encaging, Poseidon, and stripping him and other underwater demons of their crowns and powers and transferring them to Jesus Christ, for all power belongs to God, binding all conjurations and summonings of demons, binding Jewish black magic mysticism, magic writings, magic artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, Divining practices, magic spells, and potions. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo attack, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make-believe fantasy, fables, enchantments, la-la land, the spirits and works of the oppressors, and the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental medication, Antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, 
bound in Jesus' name, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We want to thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. We want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bind the king of pride and his underlings, and we chain you with eternal chains and darkness, and we send you into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirit, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and violence and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Isis, On, Osiris, all false deities, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness and send you into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and all cotton cold spots, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, pact, and vow, and pledge in the name of Jesus Christ. And we bind their rituals, their brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, Freemasonry, their charter, and the rituals of every secret society and the associated organizations in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, the name that is above every name. Thank you. Thank you very much, Father, for setting us free from the wiles of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the lay of the sins. We bind the insanity, pride, workers, work of errors, foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and lose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head. According to the scriptures, we bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief and accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make 
us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we take authority, dominion, and power over every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ, and we command them to leave us now in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We take authority, dominion, and power over demons that come across uh, our computers, through web pages, emails, uh, or in any other way coming through our computer lines or our phone lines. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ and send them to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially those that became prisoners due to January 6th, and all who are in, uh, persecuted, Lord, especially those that were left behind in Afghanistan or some other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus Christ. We cover whatever mode of transportation we must use. And even if it's a school bus, Father, we are Father, we plead the blood of Jesus, the merits of the shed blood of Jesus, whenever we have to use some form of public transportation, whether it be an airplane or a school bus or a city bus or a train or a subway, whatever it may be. Thank you, Lord. We give you the praise. Thank you, Lord. And over our belongings, Lord, when we are engaged in such activities, in Jesus' holy name. Even in bus terminals, bus stops, airports, subway stations, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for interceding through us, Lord. We pull out fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, 
witchcraft, anything sent to us by the enemy, and we send it back wherever it came from in Jesus' name. We destroy silver cords and ley lines, ungodly silver cords and ley lines, and sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties. We sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down, we destroy, in the name of Jesus Christ, walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars, in Jesus' name. We break the powers, the wicked powers of of their charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, psychic thoughts, witchcraft, prayers, mind control, bewitchments, potions, death spirits, psychic warfare, psychic power, torment, pain, sickness, destruction, darkness, incense and candle burning, patience, ungodly blessings, crystals, hoodoo, tribal rituals and sin and everything sent from the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We return all spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, unbelief. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we raise the shield of faith against the fiery darts of other people's unbelief. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we quench every fiery dart in Jesus' holy name. Don't let other people's unbelief harm your faith. Let them believe what they want to believe because that's what they have determined to believe. You believe Jesus and his word. Do not allow other people's unbelief to shake you. If I had done that, I would not be your pastor. Amen? You see, like I said before, other people do not have one drop of blood to wash your sins away or theirs away. If you're going to fear somebody, fear God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we cut ourselves free from the words and and uh, influences of people who refuse to believe you and your word. We cut ourselves free, and we stand steadfast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. 
We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus. Saints is part of the growing up process. It's part of the growing up process. You have to learn to protect your belief in Jesus Christ and his holy word. You just can't let the devil send agents into your life to shake your faith. Amen? You're supposed to become rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus and his word. As you already know, there are many people who prefer to be and to remain religious. They want someone to be religious, some want to be traditional. But you don't have to succumb to that because neither their religion nor their tradition will set you free. And you need to know that for yourself. You need to know that for your own self. In these days, you're going to stand out. Why? Because you are contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And a lot of people are not. In this ministry, we aim to obey the scriptures. We aim to please the Lord. We aim to be transformed and changed, just as Romans 12, 1 and 2 said. We aim to turn from our own wicked ways. Jesus is our goal. He's our mission statement. Amen? And there are going to be plenty of people who are not on that page. Plenty of people who are not on that page. And it's not your fault that they're not. Amen? Amen. So don't let them dump that guilt trip on you. It's not yours. It's theirs. Amen? It's their issue. It's not your issue. Stay in your lane. Let them stay in there. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the angels that you sent us. Thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us. With your glory in the midst, thank you, Lord, that once we've witnessed to the truth and done what you sent us to do, we're done. We're done. Amen? Amen. Saints, you may as well get ready for this. There are going to be people that you possibly at some time may have been in the same congregation as these persons. And you look up one day, and they are following another spirit. They're not being led by the Holy Spirit. They are following another spirit. 
That's the way it is. The Bible clearly tells us it's that way. And, yes, when you run into that situation, it's shocking sometimes and disappointing and disheartening. But don't let that sway you. They made their choice, whatever it is. You may witness to them, but after that, they have to make their own choices. This is a whosoever will faith. Amen? You cannot drag them into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Remember on the cross, Jesus was not up there telling them he was the way, the truth, and the life. He just hung there to die for us. One decided to receive him, and one decided to reject him. They both had equal access. Remember? They each had equal access. One received him, one rejected him. That's the way it is. Amen. That's the way it is. God has always known that. He's kind to the good and to the evil. We just do our part, and then we please the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, what are we going to talk about today, Pastor? Well, first, before we get talking, we need to pray for one of the saints. One of the saints has to undergo some serious surgical procedures on tomorrow. And so we are lifting that saint before the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, We lift up uh, uh, Sister Kim to you in Jesus' name, and we ask, Father, that you protect her as she enters into that environment that is hostile to Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over the demons that she will encounter and the flesh that she will encounter in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, to fill her with your spirit to overflowing that she might have peace, and safety where she is. We submerge her in every procedure that concerns her under the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for successful surgical procedures. We ask you, Father, since that is the temple of the Holy Ghost, for you to do the surgical procedure yourself, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you have already assigned sufficient angelic power to that place and to where she will be so that she will be covered in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for all the protections that you give your people and all the grace. We ask you, Father, to surround her with your favor and grace that she might not only have a successful uh, uh, situation coming out, but that the recovery time will be brief. We thank you that you are the Lord our God who heals her, and by your stripes, Lord, she has been healed. We come into agreement in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to talk about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Our featured proverb for tonight's service is Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And our verse for meditation comes from the book of Nahum. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. 
Amen. And we pray for our sister Jackie, seeing as that's her 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 daughter. Mom, relax. Jesus has got this one. Amen. And our featured ebook, Faith Builders Bible Study. Faith Builders Bible Study. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, saints, tonight we're going to talk about no more defeat. No more defeat. No more defeat. Saints, as we have previously brought to light, God desires to make us the head and not the tail. This will demand a readiness to obey him in all areas of our lives. Saints, when the Lord opens to our realization and brings to our attention an area of our lives that requires change, well, let's not drag our feet, so to speak. Let's not drag our feet. Instead, let us be quick to repent and to begin the process of needed change. Amen? When God points out to us, you know, that we need to make a change in an area. We need, we need to shift from what we've been doing to what he would have us to do. Whatever that may be, we need to be quick to make that change. We don't need to drag it out for three or four months. We need to get, get down to business. We need to have action steps, whatever they might be. We need to do what we need to do because that's what we need to do in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, in Isaiah, chapter 1, Isaiah, chapter 1, oops, let me go over there. Isaiah, chapter 1, and verse 18. Isaiah, chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Now, saints, God says he wants to reason with you. Reasoning requires some thinking, some critical thinking. So God expects you to think as you are relating to him concerning these issues. It means you can't just show up full of emotion, and that's it. Because he's calling on you to use reasoning skills as you engage with him. Now, does that make sense to you? If it doesn't, I'll say it again. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, come now, not come later, come now. 
God's being specific. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let's talk about this. Let's deal with it. In other words, quit running from it and get down to business with him about it. Let's get on let's get on with what we know to be right. Now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, scarlet, real deep red, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient. And you see, saints, we get caught up there because some of us, have a tendency and a proclivity to be stubborn sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're just a bit obstinate. Sometimes we just dig our heels in. Sometimes we just don't want to do what we know God is calling us to do. That's where we are in our growth. Amen? Times we're there. And on every situation, it won't be that way, but sometimes we are. We just don't want to do it. We just don't like it. We, we're afraid, or we're insecure, or we're just outright rebellious, either way you want to look at it. And we, we just don't like it. It's unfamiliar to us, whatever, whatever excuse we're giving him. Sometimes we act that way. But he says, if, if ye be willing, and there are times we're not, well, what do you do? You say, well, Lord, I know that you want me to be willing, but right now I'm not willing. So what do you do? You tell the Father, Father, I'm sorry, I'm not where you want me to be right now on this matter. However, I am willing to be made willing. I'm willing and I'm open for you to work on me and work with me until I am willing to be obedient to your will. That's what you do. You don't just leave it there. You do something about it. You got it now? You don't just sit there in your stubbornness and pout. You don't just sit there and say, well, I'm not going to do that. You don't do that. That's rebellion. rebellion. Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. You can't go that way. No, U-turn. Go back to God and tell him, that you're open for him to work on you, to bring you to a state of willingness and then obedience. That's how you do that. Okay? When the car gets stuck in the mud, 
You don't just leave it there being stuck in the mud. You do something to get the vehicle tire out higher, getting enough traction so that the vehicle can move. This is no different. Amen? The idea is to move forward with God. I think that's simple enough for you to understand. Mm-hmm. I think you got it. I'm pretty sure you don't get this. So he said, as an encouragement to us, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So let's take him up on it, okay? Let's take him up on it. After all, Jesus had to die for us to have this opportunity. Let's make the most of it. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. Revelation chapter 3. Beginning with verse 19. Amen. There, that's better. As many as I love, God says, I rebuke and chasten. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. God adds correction to our lives to bring us into line with him. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Don't just sit there with a bad attitude. Amen? Joel, chapter 2, verse 13. Joel, chapter 2. Joel, it's in the Old Testament, right behind Hosea. Joel, chapter 2, verse 13. And rend your heart and not your garment, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. So say, Let's go with God, okay? I know I know you get to places where you, you just don't want to. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. Whatever God says to do, do that with all your heart. Amen? Saints, does anxiety and frustration often plague you? Or does it appear as though no matter what you do, you find difficulty in being blessed of God. Well, there's a solution for that. In Galatians chapter 3, we are told Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's right. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit 
through faith. Jesus Christ hung on the cross of Calvary for our sins and curses, his own, for our sins and curses. Remember, Jesus had to bleed and die for every single sin committed in our lives and every single curse. This truth should give birth to true and sincere gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts. It should give birth to true and sincere gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts. Jesus is what we needed to be reconnected to our Heavenly Father and his kingdom. That's right. It's the truth. So saints, never withhold the gift of praise to God. Don't withhold your praises to God. Release them to him. God deserves our praise and thanksgiving. Those who have trouble expressing gratitude to God are most often bound in sin and pride. Just as a saint may have to fight a good fight of faith for healing, so may a saint need to fight the good fight of faith against family curses. unfortunately believe that once the pastor prays and breaks curses away from their lives, that they need do no more. Well, not necessarily so. There are issues in the lives of saints which demand the good fight of faith with fasting as well. We cannot sit on our own laziness or slothfulness and think that there is no effort to be made on our part. In James chapter 4, verse 7, James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Turn yourself into God. Humble yourself before the throne of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's what it says. And that's what God intends for us to do. Yes, saints, the scriptures do call us to bear one another's burdens. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens, fill the law of Christ. That's what we do here. However, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, 
It states, for every man shall bear his own burden. So what are you saying, Pastor? Well, I'll be happy to explain. MIC does pray for other saints, especially in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. Yet, every saint is required to enter their own prayer request. If you're not in a coma or some other serious situation where you cannot, we expect you to enter your prayer request into the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. Amen. Yet, no one is going to do it all for you. You can't just sit there, you know, you're having whatever issue it is, and uh, you don't want anybody to know, no, you have an issue. There isn't anybody that doesn't have some issue, dear. We're all still human. You can't hide behind uh, a pretense of shame and pride. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Amen? And some of you cheat yourself out of the expeditious move of God because you don't want to put it in the global prayer warrior's prayer room. Uh-huh. Well, you do. You must participate in your own miracle. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jesus required such participation when he was on earth. You are required to enter into spiritual warfare, as we have taught you concerning life's issues. You are required to stand in faith believing when you have done all that God requires of you. So, Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 13. Ephesians, chapter 6, Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. You have to do that. Do it for yourself that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And, God's not finished yet, and having done all to stand. Hmm. How long must I stand, Pastor? Well, until God changes the matter. That's right, until God changes the matter. Or maybe until God changes you. (laughs) Amen. Maybe until God changes you. So let's go to the, the gospel of Matthew. Let's go to the gospel of Matthew. We haven't been there in a while. Let's go visit. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 21. Matthew chapter 1. 
If you're not sure if you ought to stand or if you've done all, you may write Pastor at gproom at outlook.com. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God. Yes, saints, God is actually with us. This is not a dream that we will be fulfilled when we go to heaven. No, this is the truth, whether you believe it or not. For all who have received the Savior sent to us from heaven. This is not a dream that will be fulfilled when we go to heaven. No, this is the truth, whether you believe it or not. For all who have received the Savior sent to us from heaven. Notice I did not say accepted. I said received. Received? That's right. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Receive. Amen. The importance of this passage and its recorded events are not just about a baby coming to birth. The essence is that God took on the form of a baby. We find this truth in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Amen. We need to remember that. That's important. Child is born, but a son is given to us by his father. This is because the son existed before the child was born. The son of God existed before the child was born to Mary. The virgin gave birth to a child, but he existed even before 
the virgin became pregnant or was even born herself. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to give you a second for some of you to get caught up. Amen. Therefore, the son was given, not born. In the book of Hebrews, God the Father and Christ the Son allow us to come into the knowledge of their conversation concerning Christ coming to earth as a man to do the Father's will. So we're going to visit briefly with Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body Hast thou prepared me? In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. So we're going to go to that book in a minute. It's in the book of Psalms. I'll tell you where in just a moment. Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written to me to do thy will, O God. So Christ acknowledges to his father was not what was desired. Instead, the father prepared a body for his son. Burnt offerings and sin offerings were not satisfactory. So the son says to his father, Here I am, for it has been written about me beforehand in Psalms chapter 40, verse 7 through 8. Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 40, beginning with verse 7 through verse 8. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Thy law is within my heart. So when we get to that place where God wants us to do something and we are not on board, We have to move from that position to the position you see Jesus in. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Thy law is within my heart. That's where you're trying to land. You're trying to move from obstinate, stubborn, and hard-headed to I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. What you're trying to do. Amen? So, when you get to that place, you got to give God something to work with. You got to open your mouth and say words to God. 
and ask him to help you to move from one place to the other because you're having great difficulty. And sometimes it's just because you don't want to do right. It's part of the human condition, you know. This is how Jesus Christ accepted and moved into his destiny. Christ said, I have come to do thy will. You didn't say anything about his own will. He said, thy will, oh, my God. Saints, have you considered taking such a stand with your heavenly Father? Have you? Amen. It's important to consider such. Jesus came not only to do the Father's will, but also to reveal and represent God the Father. That's right. You know, people will use every kind of excuse that they can manufacture not to follow God. All throughout the Old Testament, we see the Hebrews doing that. We see the Israelites following Jesus as long as somebody was standing over them, making sure they did it, and then they they backslid even then. They rebelled even then. Moses told them, you've been hard-headed and stiff-necked since the day I met you. <laughs> so maybe we can improve on that, okay? I pray so. In the Gospel of John, we're going to we're going to begin with verse eight. The Gospel of John, chapter fourteen, beginning with verse eight. Where I was saying that Jesus didn't just come to die for our sins, but he came also to reveal and to represent God the Father. And I think this passage helps us to see this. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 8. Philip saith unto him. So Philip is one of the disciples. Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. We, we don't know the Father. You keep talking about the Father. Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? You're going to tell me we spent three years together and you don't know me yet? Every day we've been around each other. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Because here I am. In flesh and blood, showing you the Father. So, saints, all of you who feel like you just don't know anything about your Heavenly Father, take a good look at Jesus. You'll see him there. Good look at Jesus. You'll see him there. So then we would know what it's like to have God with us. We would know what it's like to have God with us. Just as his name testifies 
and proclaim. God is with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Saints, religion can't keep you from God if you are determined to have God as the core of your life. I'll say it again. Religion can't keep you from God if you are determined to have God as the core of your life. Religion cannot continue to hold you back if you have made up your own mind to go forward in Christ Jesus. Amen? Religion. I stopped at verse 9. Religion cannot stop you. Religion cannot stop you if you have made up your own mind to go forward in Christ Jesus. So let's go visit the Lord in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. The previous passage was the Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 8 through 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. In this verse, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, clearly says it, who is the image of the invisible God. So the invisible God became visible to natural eyes when Jesus showed up. Amen? Yes, the outward and bodily image of the invisible God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It speaks of Jesus, and it says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. When Jesus walked the earth, whether it was when he went to see Abraham and most definitely during his 33-year tenure here, people got to see God, what he's like how he reacts, how he responds. 
Because Jesus said he didn't come to do his own will. He came to do his father's will. So how would God respond to this? Well, when you look at Jesus, you see how. What would God think about this? When you look at Jesus, you find out. Amen? No, God is not as far away as people attempt to make him. Amen? He's not as far away as people try to make him. Amen? So the Gospel of John clearly states in the first chapter, we're going to the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 1, and then we're going to go to a few more verses in that chapter. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, a scripture most of us have heard before. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God, period. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God, period. No question mark, a period. Amen? From other scriptures, we know that Jesus Christ is the living Word. He's the living Word. Amen? We know this from other scriptures. We've covered them before. And we should also know that he said he wasn't going to leave us anyway or forsake us. Amen? So he planned on sticking around. We should be comfortable in that truth by now. He promises never to leave us nor forsake us. Let's go to verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word was made flesh. How do we know? We just read the passage where Jesus speaks to his father and says, but a body you prepared for me, the body of a baby, through a virgin. Full of grace and truth. Let's go down a couple of verses to verse 18. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has. So when somebody tells you that they've been to the third heaven, and they've seen God the Father, you need to um, pivot on your heels and continue to move in another direction. Amen? You need to just pivot and go on about your business. 
it would be healthy to do so. Amen? Amen. And some of us have met those kind of people, you know. They need prayer. Praise God. It says Jesus hath declared him to us. So, since we are coming to a greater understanding that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, he's actually God with us, so then all of that sin and foolishness that comes up about feeling all alone, oh, I'm so alone, I'm so lonely, I'm here on this earth all by myself, all of that foolishness, drop that. Instead, receive the truth of God's word. God is with us. God is with us. Amen? God is with us. Jesus Christ, God with us. He is the exact representation and likeness of God sent to show us the beauty and majesty and kingship of the king. No saint, Jesus Christ did not make his debut on Christmas morning in Bethlehem. Instead, he existed before creation. Because in the Bible, it tells us in the beginning. We just read it. In John chapter 1, verse 3, we are told all things were made by him, speaking of Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Speaking of Jesus, we're in John chapter 1, verse 3. All things, did it say something, a few things? Several things, no. All things were made by him. And without him was not thing made that was made. Amen? Sometimes, you know, we actually have to let these scriptures sort of soak in so that we really get the the impact that God is giving in the message he's saying. So since this is the truth, that's the end of the cabbage patch lies. Remember, long time ago we had this thing about cabbage patch, and then they had babies popping out and all kind of foolishness. Foolishness. That's the end of the Big Bang Theory. The end of evolution, period. That's the end of evolution right there. How do you know? Because in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, where you are in verse 10, it says something we need to keep in mind. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. By him. So, no, you did not come from under a rock. 
You did not evolve from some amoeba somewhere. That's just not the truth. There's a flesh of animals, and there's a flesh of humans. There's a flesh of birds, there's a flesh of fish, and so on and so forth. So a lot of the junk that they're, or untruth, shall I call it, that some people are trying to literally shove down our throats just doesn't have any basis. Stuff, you know how people make stuff up. Amen? John chapter 1, verse 13. John chapter 1, verse 13 says that each of us were born not of rights of natural descent. It says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Really? That's right. Let me help you here. It says that each of us were born not of rights of natural descent, not by rights of humans, humans to escape punishment, not by religion or any man's theories or ideas. No, we were born into God's family because Jesus Christ, who took man's place to save us. Had Jesus not done this, none of us would be saved or could be saved. Because what was done in the Old Testament looked forward to Calvary. We've talked about this before. Amen? Just reminding you of where we've been. So in verse 14, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So it's obvious from the scriptures that Jesus came to live with us. He came to be with us. He came to walk with us. He did not come to desert us nor abandon us. And that's the end of I feel so all alone. No, you ought to believe the truth because it's the truth that makes you free. Jesus walked, lived as a human among us. God, who is the living word, came down from heaven to live among us. For those who have an interest, consider this. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 12 through 14. I won't read it now. I'll tell you about it. This passage refers to proper manners for using the toilet. And in verse 14, it states that the Lord walks among you in the midst of thy camp, to deliver thee, and so on and so forth. So for those who desire to meditate on this, it's Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 12 through 14. So saints, yes, Jesus 
was fully human. It's not imaginary. Yes, he was hungry, just as we are. Yes, he fasted, just as we should. Yes, he did spiritual warfare. Yes, he was thirsty. Yes, he fell asleep. Human function. But he also fed far more than 5,000. Yes, he did walk on water. Yes, he actually died on the cross. Yes, three days later, he rose from the dead. Yes, he appeared after he had risen from the dead to Mary Magdalene and some more people. So let's visit with the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. Now, in verse 9, 16, verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early, The first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So it was after he had risen that he appeared to a human Mary Magdalene. No, he did not appear like Casper the Friendly Ghost. That's just not real. And we don't live in an imaginary world with Jesus. We live in a real truthful world, a righteous world with Jesus. We have a righteous relationship. It's not an imaginary relationship. It's a real relationship. Amen? Yes. Jesus appeared to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And yes, he appeared after his resurrection to the 11 disciples when they were having a meal. It's not imaginary. Let's go to verse 12. Mark chapter 16, verse 12. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. So after Jesus rose rose from the dead, he walked around, talked to people, appeared to people, engaged with people, interfaced with people. Let's go to verse 14. Verse 14, afterward, speaking of after he had risen from the dead, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And then he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. We live in a time after he's been risen. 
And I say to you, Jesus Christ, God with us. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And we're going to begin with verse 33. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 33. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Now this is the story of the men that had that little walk and talk with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. So as these men had gone back to talk to the disciples and to tell them, the Lord is risen, and we've seen him, and so and so and so and so, Jesus appeared and stood in the midst of them. No, he did not knock on the door. And I don't think it had a doorbell. Maybe a door knocker, but not a doorbell. And Jesus was there suddenly in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed, here it is, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. But Jesus is not like what we call Casper the Friendly Ghost. No. And get that junk out of your head. It's just not the truth. They looked at him. Oh, no, no, this must be a spirit. This can't be Jesus. And they were just as wrong as they could be. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of an honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. 
He'd been talking to them about these same things over and over and over again, but they just didn't get it. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So now do you understand, saints? Now do you see it? Now do you understand? Yes, this is God with us. He came to visit Abraham. He was here on earth for 33 years, and he is still God with us. No room for defeat in our lives. Will you believe him? Amen. All right. Yes, you'll need to recast. Yes, you do. You need to recast. Amen. But right now, we're going to move along. We're going to keep going. Amen. You're going to have to meditate on this. You're going to have to pray about it. And you're going to have to recast. Because God's serious. Time is winding up. His people have to be have to be right. We have to believe the right thing. Amen. So we want to thank the Father for the message. We want to thank the Holy Spirit for preaching through Pastor. We want to thank Him for helping us. We we don't quite quite get it. The Holy Spirit will help if you ask Him to help you. Amen. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Thank you, righteous judge. The Ukrainian defense ministry has claimed that an internal probe of the country's military procurement practices revealed 262 million in theft-related costs. Hmm. The alleged perpetrators may be criminally prosecuted amid a crackdown on corruption. Ukrainian Defense Minister Rustam Amarov on Monday announced the results of an investigation that began when he took the job four months ago. Now, how long is that we've been giving them money? That the president's been giving them our money, okay? 
He said the ministry is working to clean the country's military of unscrupulous participants inside and outside the institution, as well as collaborating with law enforcement agencies to hold corrupt officials accountable. We are eradicating corruption, he insisted. The system resists, but we will overcome it. He added that news of corruption arrests and prosecutions will become more common and a new procurement architecture based on NATO standards will help prevent future theft. Hmm. So that means all that money that all these countries have given Ukraine have gone a lot of places that it was never intended to go. Well, Ukraine consistently ranks as one of the world's most corrupt countries, according to Transparency International. A CBS News report in August 2022 indicated that waste and corruption were preventing about 70% of the Western weaponry from being donated to Kiev from making it to the battlefield. Wow. When Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky introduced Amarov as the country's new defense minister last September, he identified curbing corruption as one of the five key priorities for the job. Amarov said the defense ministry working with the Secret Service of Ukraine last month to fall a corruption plot involving a 39 million ammunition transaction. That's a lot of money. Changes in procurement practices help to save about 92 million or 20% of non-weapon purchases. For instance, negotiations on the purchase of headphones cut the price by more than 3 $100,000. We are rebuilding procurement mechanisms to ensure the continued delivery of weapons and non-lethal supplies to the armed forces, Omarov said. From now on, the defense ministry sets the rules of the game. We've heard that before. Forms policy and controls bidding. The Ukrainian military saw multiple corruption scandals under Reznikov, including food purchases at inflated prices and acquisition of jackets that reported um, reportedly almost tripled in cost between when they were shipped and when they were delivered. Zelensky fired the directors of Ukraine's 33 military recruitment center in August because they allegedly took bribes to sign off on bogus medical exemptions for would-be soldiers who were desperate to avoid conscription. Well, folks, that's where the money went. In the door, out the window. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Because you remember saying, we've done an adjudication about this situation before. 
Amen? We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning North North Korea is prepared for war and will have no hesitation in annihilating the South, leader Kim Jong-un has declared, while stressing that Pyongyang will not initiate a conflict. He describes Seoul as being most hostile toward North Korea and accused it of attempting to overthrow the leadership in Pyongyang. I'm getting better. Keep praying. Kim remarks, Kim's remarks came shortly after South Korea evacuated civilians from Yingpong Island, accusing Yingyang of firing 200 artillery shells into a marine time buffer zone for its west coast on Friday. The South Korean military later launched an artillery volley of its own in the same area. They claimed it had not actually fired a single round, but had detonated blasting power simulating the sound of 130-millimeter coastal artillery. I don't know what that sounds like, but something tells me it's bad. To see how its neighbor would react. I don't think that was very kind. According to the state-run Korean Central News Agency, KCNA, Kim inspected several munitions factories on Monday and Tuesday. Speaking during the visits, the North Korean leader said that while the, what did I say that was, Jesus? Hold on. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea was not planning to trigger a military conflict on the Korean Peninsula because they said we have no intention of avoiding war as well. These are some double-talking folks sometimes, you know. KCNA quoted the official as warning that if South Korea dares attempt to use armed forces against the Democratic People's Republic of Korea or sovereignty and security, we will have no hesitation in annihilating the Republic of Korea by mobilizing all means and forces in our hands. Kim branded South Korea the principal enemy, insisting that this meant that North Korea must step up its defensive military capabilities, particularly nuclear weapons. Commenting on the recent shelling incident, Kim Yo-yong, the influential sister of the North Korean leader, said on Sunday that they were ready to respond with a baptism of fire to any foolish miscalculation by the South. Hmm. You know, this sounds like somebody's trying to start something but they want to blame it on somebody else before it gets started. 
Kim argued last month that Korean reunification was currently out of the question, claiming the South is a colonial subordinate state of the U.S. Several days prior, Kim called on North Korean military and industry to further accelerate the war preparations citing unprecedented provocations by Washington and its allies in the region. Shortly before the new year, the U.S. and South Korea held live fire joint drills involving mechanized units near the border with the North. The maneuvers were preceded by other military exercises on the peninsula in recent months some of which saw U.S. nuclear-powered submarines and nuclear-capable bombers deployed to South Korea. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such matters. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the raid of a popular Amish farm on suspicion of selling illegal milk, among other products, has inspired widespread outrage over what critics call an egregious example of government overreach. On January 4th, the Pennsylvania State Police, along with officials from the Department of Agriculture, served the Miller's Organic Farm in Lancaster a warrant after claiming the public had been exposed to a dangerous foodborne pathogen. The warrant served on farm owner Amos Miller, which came in connection with two alleged cases of foodborne illness, sought, among other things, illegal raw milk and raw milk products, including eggnog. The warrant added that Miller has never licensed his retail operation, according to Lancaster Online. Attorney Robert Barnes, who represents Mr. Miller, issued a statement claiming the raid was a violation of his client's constitutional rights. The Department of Agriculture of the state of Pennsylvania suddenly came without notice, raided Amos' farm, and detained everything Amos had in the farm's freezer. They did so in a lawless manner without appropriate authority in violation of their own rules and regulations, Mr. Barnes said. The oversight role of the government on the farming community has become a hot-button issue for growing segments of rural America, who view many of the state and federal regulations as not only oppressive, but also tilting the scale in favor of large industrial farms at the expense of the smaller independent farmer. North Dakotan farmer Peter Bartlett, whose family owns Bartlett Farms, which sells raw dairy products, said that it seems the government's actions aren't driven by health concerns but rather control over the nation's food supply. Regulators will tell you this is for the safety of the American public, but if that were true, then why don't they go after every Mexican or Chinese restaurant after people eat their food and get sick, Mr. Bartlett said. 
The truth is they feel threatened by anyone acting independently from the system, and that is why the government has decided to target this particular farm, to make an example of him to scare people. If they can't make an example out of this small Amish farm, then they will send a powerful message of compliance. Oh, sorry, let me read that right. If they can make an example out of this small Amish farm, then they can send a powerful message of compliance throughout the rest of the independent farming community, he added. Politicians and several high-profile conservatives were also quick to condemn the raid of Mr. Miller's farm. Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky said it is time for authorities to rethink their priorities. With all of the problems in society today, this is what the government wants to focus on? Mr. Massey wrote in a January 4th post on X, a man growing food for informed consumers without participating in the industrial meat milk complex. It's shameful that it has come to this. Donald Trump Jr. added on the social media platform that news of the raid made him feel sick. Imagine what law enforcement could accomplish if they went after, oh, I don't know, say members of elite pedophile rings rather than farmers selling to their neighbors, Mr. Trump wrote in a January 5th post on X. Can I be the only person sick of this? For decades, a community of dairy farmers and nutrition advocates have campaigned for the right of individuals to produce, sell, and consume fresh, unprocessed milk. Advocates claim the consumption of raw milk can lead to numerous health benefits, including improving the immune and digestive system, as well as being a cure for eczema and irritable bowel syndrome. The pasteurization process not only destroys dangerous pathogens like E. coli, salmonella, and Campylobacter, but also destroys its healthy nutrients, according to raw milk enthusiasts. However, government agencies insist the potential downside of drinking raw milk far outweighs any perceived benefit. Well, you know, they're taking that too far, Lord, because it's not like the whole world is rushing to this man's farm to buy him out of everything in his freezer. It's the people who are choosing to do this. Hmm. The Centers for Disease Control and other agencies advise against it, claiming that raw milk can carry harmful germs, and then they give a list of those. That can pose serious health risks to you and your family. The CDC claims, you know, the CDC has been claiming a lot of things lately, and a lot of those things haven't been the truth. So I'll just keep on. The CDC claims that raw milk-related outbreaks led to 2,645 illnesses and 228 hospitalizations between 1998 and 2018. Food and Drug Administration also warns against its consumption. Well, the Food and Drug Administration bought out anyway. Decades ago, pasteurization of milk was adopted as a basic public health 
measure to kill dangerous bacteria, statement read. This measure largely eliminated the risk of getting sick from one of the most important staples of the American diet. However, the money flowing from industry to government agencies has created conflicts of interest in how the safety rules are implemented, according to Mr. Bartlett. Both the USDA and the FDA, who are charged with setting regulatory policy, have received funding, F-U-N-D-I-N-G, from corporate sponsors in the form of partnerships, including from several large agro-industrial farming interests. The USDA and the FDA have been lobbied over the years by the industrial food system, while small independent farmers are not well represented, Mr. Bartlett said. What we are seeing come to fruition through a regulatory process that tilts the scales to criminalize independence. Now, that's not right. The Amish farm is the epitome of independence from a system that has been corrupted by the financial influence of big business, according Mr. Bartlett. He added that a solution will be found only after Consumers shift their support from the mass-produced industrial foods sold at most supermarkets to smaller local farms. The biggest thing a consumer can do is to act independently from the system, he said. If a consumer wants to challenge that food system, then voting with their dollar and supporting your local farmer is the best way to fight this government overreach. The incentive isn't complicated. Whoever controls the food controls the people, he asked. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Thank you, Lord. And let me get some liquid. Seeing adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. A path may be opening up to once again bring the issue of same-sex marriage before the U.S. Supreme Court. The legal trail began in the U.S. District Court of Eastern Kentucky in the case of Irmo versus Davis, when Judge David Bunning assigned a jury the task of determining the amount of monetary damages a same-sex couple should be awarded because a Rowan County clerk refused on religious grounds to sign their marriage license. Then clerk Kim Davis, this refusal occurred in 2015, shortly after the Supreme Court's decision declaring same-sex marriage a constitutional right in Obergefell versus Hodges. The high court also ruled at the time that a same-sex marriage from one state must be recognized as legal by all states. In September 2023, a jury awarded $50,000 in damages to each plaintiff in the 2015 Kentucky case and Judge Banning awarded the couple an additional $246,000 
in attorney's fees and $14,000 for expenses. Another same-sex couple sued Miss Davis at the same time for the same reason. In that case, Yates versus David, a different jury refused to award any monetary damages to the plaintiffs due to a lack of evidence proving any payment was warranted. In a January 2, 2024 press release, Liberty Council, a conservative Christian legal foundation representing Ms. Davis, stated that the jury verdict in Ermal versus Davis is unsound and easily sets this case up for an eventual route to the U.S. Supreme Court, and that giving the case to the jury was impermissible, and that makes the verdict for damages reversible error in addition to the constitutional issue. That was a mouthful. Liberty Council asserted that the evidence presented at trial simply does not support that verdict because there were no lost wages, and they presented no supporting testimony regarding emotional injury. Such proof is required by the federal rules of civil procedure which prohibit a judge from giving the case to a jury when evidence presented at trial is insufficient to warrant cash damages, according to Liberty Council. The first step on the road to the Supreme Court will begin in a few weeks with a request from Liberty Council that Judge Bunning reverse the jury's verdict because there was not enough evidence to award the plaintiffs monetary damages. If the motion to reverse is denied by the court, the next stop is the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and possibly beyond that to the U.S. Supreme Court. According to Liberty Council, some prior 6th Circuit decisions make clear that mere testimony of plaintiffs claiming a defendant's action caused embarrassment and hurt their feelings cannot suffice to merit a damages award without documented evidence of harm done. Despite their seemingly good prospects in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, it is before the U.S. Supreme Court that Liberty Council attorneys hope to argue the greater issue of the religious liberty of Ms. Davis and others. A win in the Supreme Court would correct the errors that Liberty Council contends were made by Judge Bunning, reverse the jury's verdict, and nullify the monetary damages awarded to the plaintiffs. At the original trial of Ermol versus Davis, Judge Bunning overruled the objection of the defense and allowed questioning that enabled plaintiff's lawyers to exclude from the jury anyone who had religious beliefs and those who had objections to same-sex marriage, according to Liberty Council. Hmm. You know, I would have believed, I'm certain that I'm right, that your peers, so they have to have some people in there that are actually your peers. They can't just Pick anybody. Hmm. Oh, back to this. 
That question question essentially ex- excluded jurors based on religion, which is unlawful under current legal precedent and federal law, the Liberty Council statement said. In December 2015, newly elected Republican Governor Matt Bevin, prompted by the lawsuit against Ms. Davis, issued an executive order granting a religious accommodation to all Kentucky clerks. The governor's order was followed by the state legislature voting unanimously to grant religious and conscious accommodations to all clerks over the refusal to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Initially, Ms. Davis was not covered by the above actions because the case against her was filed before their implementation. Eventually, she requested and received a religious accommodation for future situations. However, Liberty Council contends that Ms. Davis was covered all along by the protections of both existing Kentucky law and the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. This case is far from over, said Matt Staver, a Liberty Council founder and chairman in a statement. This case has the potential to extend the same religious freedom protections beyond Kentucky and to overturn Oberfell versus Hodges, which was wrongly decided and should be overturned. Later, when asked why the Supreme Court should overturn the case, Mr. Staver called on the narrow 5-4 decision an example of the flawed judicial activist philosophy that negates millennia of human understanding and behavior. The definition of marriage as a union between a man and a woman was upheld by court decisions, affirmed by referendum, and codified into statutes and constitutional amendments in many states to the high court's 2015 decision, he said. That Supreme Court opinion has no basis in the Constitution and was built on the same shifting legal sand as Roe versus Wade. Uh, Oberfell versus Hodges passed by a slim majority with strong dissent. The odds are high that this case could be overturned, Mr. Staver said. He added that the current Supreme Court has demonstrated a willingness to weather a storm of protest and social upheaval when important constitutional issues are at stake, as was seen by striking down Roe v. Wade, which had been settled law for nearly 50 years. So we want to thank the righteous judge, for his adjudication on such. Amen? Amen. So we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning pro-choice advocates often try to argue that the baby in the womb is just a clump of cells. But a recent study shows everything that's wrong with this argument. And, you know, we've covered this conversation before. In fact, there's a sermon somewhere in the archives that Pastor Pat preached about this. And recently released research has unveiled 
and often underestimated aspect that plays a pivotal role in a newborn's development. The study proves a breathtaking revelation. The brain waves of mothers and their babies synchronize while the baby grows in the womb, forming a miraculous mega network during their interaction. It's not just a heartwarming sentiment. It's a biological reality. The more positive emotions or feelings, excuse me, a mother expresses, the stronger the brain connection is with her baby, says live action spokeswoman Christina Bennett in a groundbreaking study led by Dr. Vicki Leong from the University of Cambridge's Department of Psychology in Cephalosophy, other analyses were employed to observe the interconnected brain waves of mothers and infants during their interaction. The findings are awe-inspiring, illustrating not only the flow of information within each individual brain, but also the harmonious operation of both brains as a network. The doctor emphasizes the critical role of this synchronization in a baby's brain development. Babies are more receptive and ready to learn from their mothers when the neural connection between them is strong, she explains. By using a positive emotional tone, During social interactions, parents can connect better with their infants and stimulate the development of their baby's mental capacity. Mm -hmm. The impact of a mother's emotional state on her baby's well-being is undeniable. A positive, upbeat interaction fosters a robust connection and a fertile learning environment. Conversely, when a mother experiences depression, the neural connection weakens, leading to diminished learning in the infant. The implications are profound. Maintaining a positive emotional state is not just beneficial but crucial for the baby's thriving development. But what does this scientific revelation mean for parents? What does it mean for pro-lifers? From the earliest moments, parents can employ various strategies to strengthen this connection. Engaging the senses becomes a powerful tool. Talking and singing to your baby not only familiarize them with your voice, but also offer a comforting presence. Eye contact becomes a shared language, reinforcing the connection. Physical touch, from stroking velvety skin to holding and rocking, solidifies the bond. The unique scent of your newborn becomes a source of recognition and comfort, creating an indelible link. Armed with this knowledge, parents can be purposeful about connecting with their infants in a profound way. For the pro-life movement, This study emboldens us to continue the for life. 
Babies in the womb are literally already forming relationships with their families. Bonds that abortion advocates break without advocates break without a second thought. Although the pro-choice movement wants to claim that they have science on their side, this scientific evidence certainly falls in favor of the argument that every life, no matter how small, is deserving of every human liberty. Babies in utero are not clumps of cells. They are tiny human beings being formed for the life they deserve to live. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication. Amen? We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication concerning such. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Marshall. Wow. Wow. Learning something new every day. (laughs) The Lord is... Wow. That last thing you read, Dr. Sabrina, I've never heard that. Profound, very profound. It makes sense, but it's very profound. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made, and you don't make any junk, and you know how to take care of us, even when we have parents that are not ideal. Not many have had ideal parents. And, Father God, even those who do seem to, we all have our work. But that's why Jesus came, because he knew what we're made out of. He knew. He knows what's in man. And you love us anyway. And you came to redeem us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to redeem us. And thank you that you're coming to judge the earth. And maybe sooner than we realize, because none of us know exactly. Even only, only even Jesus doesn't know when Father's God is going to say, hey, go get your bride, son. He's eager. Most uh, uh, husbands are, are eager to meet their wives, especially those that have kept themselves pure for that day. But it says in Second Timothy 4, 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living, that is, the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. So he told us that he's coming to judge the world, Lord, and he's coming to judge it according to your standards. And how are your standards written? It's according to the word of God. That's what you say at the end of the Gospel of John, chapter 12. We're all going to be judged by what's written in the book. He doesn't judge anything before the time, but he's coming to judge. And, Father, we all need to get ourselves right, including those. We thank you, Father, that you've heard our prayers and intercessions over this over this time. Thank you, Jesus, for groaning through us. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for praying through us. Thank you, Father God, for inspiring the saints to find the scriptures to stand on, that you always want to hasten your word to perform it, Father. And, and, and you do. Your word runneth very swiftly. And it says in Luke eight seventeen, Jesus speaking, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, not anything hid shall not be known and come abroad. Well, we've been asking you to expose what's really going on, and we thank you, Father, for doing so in so many, many, many areas, Father God, even as we interceded about the funny business going on with all that money. What was it? Why did they need so much money sent to Ukraine? As, and why, this, why is the so-called Biden uh, administration so concerned about the border for Ukraine? What about the United States border? Hmm. Seems like somebody's a little confused or something. Why is their border important and ours isn't? They're not supposed to be um, picking favorites, or are they? Or do they have other agendas? We thank you for exposing what's going on concerning the corruption in Ukraine, bringing it all to light, Father God, 
and even more, even more. Even the corruption that's going on in every nation, Father God, it seems, but especially in the Western world, Father God, we thank you for exposing what's going on, including what's going on with all the saber rattling. You told us that in the latter days there'll be was it, uh, wars and rumors of wars, something to that effect. You talk about that in in um, in Luke 21 as well as in in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 24. But you said we're not supposed to be concerned or upset or worried about these things, Father God. But that's what there's a lot of saber rattling going on around the world, Father God. And there's some people that um, they're not thinking clearly. And why is that? Maybe they didn't have good neural connections with their mommies. Maybe they're people with father wounds. The daddy never told them, I love you. <laughs> You know, even those who had daddies that were involved in their lives, some of them don't know how to express love because they never knew the love of the Heavenly Father. How could they not didn't know the love of the Father? Because they didn't really get to look to Jesus so they could get to know who Father God really is. And Jesus is so loving and compassionate. He was always moved with compassion. That's why he did all those things and healed those people. When the woman lost her, her son and she was a widow, he was moved with compassion, it said, and he rest, stretched forth his hands. And when Peter was walking on the water, he was trying to do what you asked him to do. He had, come on, come on, son, you can walk on the water, come on, come on. And he did. He walked on the water. Said, oh, look at the waves. Oh, boy, it's just, oh, my goodness, I know what it's like to be a fisherman. Oh, my goodness. That's what he was thinking anyway. I'm not much of a fisherman yet. Maybe I'll learn how to be a fisherman. You taught him how to not just catch physical, physical fish, but human beings, Father God. He asked you to teach us all. What our part is, and he, including those, and we pray for those who despitefully use us, Father God. Those in the U.S. military-industrial complex and the other industrial complexes, like Eisenhower tried to warn us about, Father God. The 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 complex of the people are so controlled by what's the word avarice, outright greed and corruption. They want to fund Halliburton, or they want to fund all these different uh, military uh, companies that are producing great things to protect the people. Which people? The bankers? Are they the only ones they want to protect? What about the people in South Korea and the people in North Korea? They're all human beings. And the people in both nations, they don't really want to have to die prematurely, Father God. But there's some people that have different agendas, Father God. And some people want to cause fear. And why would that be? We know Pastor Holiday taught us how Bishop Kanko, before he became a bishop, when he was being groomed to be a witch doctor, that he was completely controlled by a spirit of fear. And some of these people seem to be completely controlled by spirits of fear, including the pedophiles that Donald Trump Jr. was referring to, the global elite pedophiles. And we thank you, Father God, that you're exposing a lot of stuff that's going on, including what's going on between North and South Korea. But that's that's a little off to the side for most of us. But, of course, if we happen to live in South Korea that, or North Korea either, that wouldn't be much fun. But, Father God, there was a man who was caught on the northern side of the border, and he didn't know how to get to the southern side, and it was during the war, the Korean War, back in whenever that was. It was in the 50s, something like that. Father God, and, and he prayed. And that was in a relatively recent time frame. This wasn't 2,000 years ago. He prayed, and you translated him to the other side of the border because you love everybody, and especially those who have given their hearts to you, Lord. You know how to deal with them. You 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 you. Tra- you Translated Philip after he witnessed the Ethiopian eunuch. He loved the Ethiopian eunuch. He didn't care because his skin was a little darker. He got radically saved, Father God. He went down. What does hinder you to be baptized? Here's some water. 
he knew that he had to confess that Jesus was the Lord and then the Son of God, and then he can go down in the water and be baptized by immersion. It wasn't a little, uh, little passive sprinkling when he was an infant. So, Father God, we, we know, like it talks about in Acts chapter 8, so, Father, you can translate that man from one nation to another nation. And, Father, but borders are helpful for people that, that uh, want to protect their own people, Father God. And that's lovely. We ask that you protect all the people in every nation, even as, as the saints at, uh, in the prayer room have been praying, Father God. They restore the protection for the people, including the people in including the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Father God, where they do make it perfectly legal to sell raw milk. They have to be tested. They have to make sure it doesn't have tuberculosis or anything. They have to make sure it's safe. And people, and I've been taking advantage of that for <laughs> decades. And yes, it is very beneficial. And there are people that know what they're talking about. Or the human body has more cells in it that are just not just human cells. They have all kinds. We have beneficial bacteria. And that's why uh, some people, not just women, have a little bit of a problem if they take antibiotics. They can have um, not just yeast infections, but other kind of problems. Maybe their bowels don't work quite right afterwards, Father God, because the beneficial bacteria on the inside are helping us to be balanced. And not just on the inside, we need beneficial bacteria from all kinds of things. That's why yogurt's helpful. Of course, the most yogurt in most states still has to be pasteurized. But, Father God, they didn't have pasteurization many, many years ago. And, yes, there were some instances of problems in the past, and people are now aware, and now they can have their, their dairy products tested as long as they'll allow us to have dairy products, as long as the global elite, the agro group that are controlled by the mega rich, Father God, will allow us to keep cattle because they consider us to be cattle and they don't want people to eat something that might be actually healthy like, you know, like most people have had for many, many years. And people say, well, how can you have regular milk? Well, regular milk from the regular grocery store is okay up to a point. But it doesn't quite help the body as much as raw milk, because that's the way you create. You said every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Because I know, Father God, you can change things, but you have to make sure it's of God and it's prayed over, and you can change it. If there's something in it that's not good for us, you can take it out, including the air we breathe, the water we drink, and all kinds of things, because... There's some people, they don't like other people because they're controlled by demons of absolute greed and corruption. You can't serve God and mammon. But some of those people do serve mammon, and they have an, and all they say is for our protection. Oh, really? They're so concerned about it. Well, how many people died um, just in a, you know, by comparison that got the jab that was rushed through um, that they wanted to call a vaccine compared to how many people have been hospitalized from having raw milk? Uh, I don't know if the, if the numbers can go. The, the, the contrast is so extraordinarily ridiculous as, as to be absurd. But, Father God, we ask for your divine help and adjudication in every one of these areas, Father God, according to your will, that you'll judge them, Father God. The, the righteous judge will, will rule in all of these things, and we thank you that you're stepping in with what's going on in this case that Patrick Sabrina read about in uh, Kentucky when they were uh, some uh, circuit, was it a... Uh, a person, a, a, a clerk, a t Kim Davis, the clerk at the time, refused a 2015 uh, request to uh, to uh, 
honor this same-sex marriage, because she knew that was not scriptural, Father God. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, because when a nation turns to that, oh, same thing might happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. It happened to, it happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't judge this world. Not just the United States. How about Israel? They have the same nonsense. They have the same idea with abortions. They have the same demons that are very prevalent. And not just there, even in many places in, in Europe, Father God, in Jesus' name. So, Father God, we ask you to deliver us from all these spirits of stinking thinking, Father God, of pride and rebellion. And I want to do what we want to do rather than what the Lord wants us to do. And we have to, because not everybody knows about, even Christians don't really understand what it means to hold every thought captive. So we hold every thought captive and subject to the complete obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, the pulling down the stronghold, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to be in the Christ for each one of us and those we can stand in for. Satan, you're bound. Every spirit of stinking thing is bound. Every spirit of pride, rebellion, every ungodly spirit is bound from our position of seed in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verses 4 to 6. And according to Proverbs, eight, uh, was it Proverbs 10, 18, right the way around. Hmm. The name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. From our position seated in Christ Jesus, also the end of Psalm 91, Satan, you're bound. All your underlings are bound. We counsel your summons to steal, kill, and to destroy. You're coming against this little clerk in Kentucky who was just trying to stand up for biblical principles, Father God. And we thank you for the Liberty Council that's, that's helping to contend. Thank you that you are a righteous judge, Lord Jesus, and you're interceding. We ask you to intercede for all of us, all the saints that are in harm's way, not just Miss Davis, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for overturning those laws that have been ran through, illegal laws. And many of the saints can find that scripture. I think it was in Psalm 94 or someplace. You overturn the laws that they crammed through to, uh, to push their agendas, Father God, in Jesus' name, including this, the laws trying to cause confusion, overturning your decisions, the way you created us from the foundation of the world, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, including those laws trying to ram through uh, and keep abortion available for those people who want to have, quote-unquote, free sex. Um, it has nothing to do with love. It has to do with, what, lust? But God wanted us to have balance in our lives, and not just for this generation, but for future generations, that there could be future generations, that the globalists who have an agenda, and what is their agenda? From the Georgia Guidestones that Pat Holliday and Sabrina and others have talked about, which you took down, Lord, as far as I understand, they don't really want people to know how cold those Georgia Guidestones were taken down, which said how dramatically the global elite wanted to reduce the world's population by. It's no secret, Father God, because somehow they feel like they're immune from, from uh, godly judgment if they get to te tell people what they're going to do ahead of time, Father God. But, in fact, you told us in your word, that's in Isaiah somewhere, uh, that, that you command those spirits, that they think they're, they're little gods, that they, they should show us things that they're planning to do. And they do. So, Father God, they've been trying to show us they're planning to kill, steal, and to destroy. Is that a surprise? No. Because Jesus said Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he's already defeated. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifesting might destroy the works of the devil. 
And that's what it says in your word. And Jesus said, Father, I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. It is finished. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might just...
Oh!